Well, I encourage you again, take your Bibles and open them to that passage so that you can look at it with me as we, as we investigate it together. And let's pray and ask God to speak to us as we come to look at this part of the Bible together. Oh Lord, your word is a lamp unto your feet and a light to our path. And so we pray this morning that you give us grace to receive your truth today and strength to follow the path that you lay out before us. Oh Lord, we long to hear from you this morning. We long for you to speak to us in the deep recesses of our mind and hearts and souls. Lord, may you speak to us this morning through your word by your spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I asked you at the start, and I want you to think about it again. What are you worried about this morning? What things concern you? What are the things that keep you up at night? What are those worries that you carry with you every single day of life? What are you worried about this morning? We all worry, don't we? It's part of life. It's, it's the way we are. We worry about things all of the time. Sometimes our worries are very natural, very reasonable things. Sometimes we worry about things that are pretty unnatural and a bit strange and, and fairly irrational. Sometimes our worries are here today and, and they're gone tomorrow and, and we don't think about them again. But sometimes we just can't shake the things we're worried about. It's like the bricks, we carry them with us every day of life. All of us worry, don't we? How would you describe worry? It's not pleasant, is it? Worry is not a pleasant thing. None of us enjoys worrying. How else would you describe it? It's not useful, is it? It doesn't actually help in any single way, but yet all of us do it. We all worry. Here's how the Oxford English Dictionary defines worry, and I think it's quite a helpful definition. It says, to worry is to feel anxious or troubled about actual or potential problems. So worry, it's a feeling, and it's a troubling feeling, and it causes us to become anxious where we feel it physically. We might have panic attacks. We might just feel the stress of it in our bodies, in our bones, in our muscles. It might physically drain us. It causes us to be anxious. It can be brought on by actual problems, things that are really taking place right now in our lives. But it can also be caused by potential problems, things that may may or not happen, things that might be happening in the future and things that, well, may not happen in the future, potential problems. But we don't need a dictionary definition to know what worry is, do we? We don't need it because we experience it. We struggle with it. And some of us here this morning maybe struggle with it more than others. And I say struggle because worry really is a struggle, isn't it? It affects us. It can affect our social life, our work life, our home life, our relationships, our sleep, our mood, our bodies, our thoughts, our actions, our decisions. Worry can affect everything. To worry is the struggle. This morning, though, I've got some really good news. I've got some brilliant news. And the brilliant news that I have got this morning is that the Lord Jesus Christ invites us to enjoy a life of less worry. Listen to what I said there. I didn't say he invites you to enjoy a worry-free life. He invites you to enjoy a life of less worry. If you have a look at the nine verses that we read just a few moments ago, what you'll notice there is that Jesus three times tells us not to worry. 
And whenever he says, don't worry, he lists six things that we're not to worry about. So let me have a look at the passage with you. Have a look at it with me to see if you can pick them out. So first of all, he tells us not to worry in verse 25. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more important than food and the body more important than clothes? So we see him say, do not worry there in verse 25. Then cast your eye down to verse 31 because we see it there as well. Jesus says, so do not worry, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? And then if you have a look over the page at verse 34, you see him say it a third time. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. Did you see the six things he says? He says, don't worry about number one, your life. Number two, what you'll eat. Number three, what you'll drink. Number four, what you'll wear. Number five, your body. Number six, tomorrow. And what's amazing, well, what I find amazing, and maybe I shouldn't find it amazing, is that 2,000 years after Jesus has said not to worry about these things, are these not the very things we worry about? We worry about our life, don't we? We worry about every single aspect of our life. And one of the things that many of us worry about an awful lot is our life coming to an end too soon. We worry about dying in a plane crash when we go on holiday this summer. We worry about getting a terminal illness out of nowhere that just takes us too soon. We worry about our life and we worry about our life coming to an end before we think it really should. We worry about the lives of our loved ones. We also worry about the path that our life is on. We worry about the future. Where are we heading? What's ahead of us? Where are we going? What am I doing with my life? We even worry about our past. We, we look back on the past. It's all gone. But we look back and we worry, have I spent my time well? Have I lived life to its fullest? We worry about our lives. My guess is you worry about your life. I know I worry about mine. We worry about our needs as well, don't we? What we're going to eat and drink and wear. In the ancient world, that's what people needed to live. They needed food and they needed water and they needed clothes to protect themselves. And these things in the ancient world, they weren't as readily available as they are today. These were real concerns. And if you remember from last week, Jesus had just told his disciples, don't store up treasure on earth for yourself, but store up treasure in heaven. Be generous with your money invested in the kingdom. So there was this worry. But Jesus says to them, don't worry about your needs. Don't worry about your needs. And as we sit here this morning, we all worry about our needs. We look to the future, don't we? We, we have children. How are we going to pay their school fees? Or if they go to university, how on earth are we going to afford that? We know their bills are coming at the end of the month. And we think, how are we going to pay those? Where's the money coming from from those? Where's the money coming from to feed our families? What if the car breaks down? What if it goes through the MOT and needs fixed? Where am I going to get the money to, to pay for that? How am I going to pay off my debt? We all worry about just the daily needs of life. We worry about having our needs met. And yet Jesus says, don't worry about these things. We also worry about our bodies, don't we? We worry about our bodies. <laughs> it's awful now, isn't it? You feel ill. You feel sick. You know, that there's something not right. And you go to the doctor 
uh, and you sit down in his office and you're worried as you sit down in his or her office and you sit there and the doctor gives you brilliant news. It's nothing serious, nothing to worry about. So you leave and what do you do? You get on Google for a second opinion because you're worried. What if he's wrong? What if she's wrong? What if she's not got it right? What if there's something really wrong with me? We, we, and we do the Google search and, and we work out we've got something terribly wrong with us. And even though the doctor said we're fine, we, we don't believe it. We worry. We worry about aging. What if we get dementia? What if we can't do the things that we can do now? We worry about how our bodies will be in the future as we age. Some of us might worry about our looks. We, we used to take great pride in them and now those looks are fading. We worry about looking old. We, we look in the mirror and think, oh my goodness, I'm worried about these wrinkles that are arriving. Where have they come from? We worry about our bodies. What does Jesus say? Don't worry about your body. And I think the biggest thing we worry about is the last thing that Jesus talks about, tomorrow. Tomorrow. We worry about the future, don't we? I don't know about you, but I am absolutely brilliant at thinking ahead. I'm worrying about things that will probably never happen. I'm brilliant at it. Thinking ahead, and I worry about things that will probably never happen, about tragedies that might be ahead, about problems that might be ahead. I'm very good at thinking about tomorrow, at thinking about all that might be in store, and worrying about all of that. Can you relate? Do you live in the future, worrying about future things? A husband was getting really annoyed with his wife, really exasperated. One day he turned to her and he says, why do you keep worrying about the future? It doesn't do any good. And she says, that's what you think. 100% of the things I've worried about have never happened. But that's what we do, isn't it? We think about the future. We worry about things that are ahead that may or may not come to pass. All of us worry. We worry about our life, our needs, our bodies, the future. But what does Jesus say to us this morning? He says, don't worry about these things. Don't worry about these things. Sometimes whenever you hear someone say don't, you imagine them like a, a dad telling their kid off, don't worry about this. That's not, that's not the tone of Jesus here. He's not telling us off for worrying. That's not what he's doing. He's giving us an invitation here. He's saying, don't worry about these things. You don't, you don't have to. I don't want you to. I want you to, to live this life knowing that you don't have to worry about these things. This is an invitation this morning not to worry. It's not Jesus telling us off for worrying. It's an invitation to enjoy a life of less worry. Um, I don't know about you, but I love it when someone tells me not to worry. I really do. If I'm panicking about something, if I'm worried about something, I love it when somebody comes along and says, listen, don't worry about that. It's going to be okay. I feel really reassured by their words, but only for about two seconds. Because whilst they've told me not to worry, and whilst they've told me it's going to be okay, they've given me no reason at all not to worry, and they've given me no reason at all to believe it's going to be okay. I really do appreciate their words, but they give me no reason to believe them. I feel encouraged for about a second, and then it goes. But you see, Jesus, Jesus isn't like my mates who say, don't worry, it's going to be okay. Jesus, whenever he says, don't worry, he gives us some very good reasons why we don't need to. 
First of all, he gives us a reason why, why we don't need to worry, why we can actually stop worrying about these things. And then he gives us another reason why we should stop worrying. So he gives us a reason why we can stop worrying about these things. And then he gives us a reason why we should really stop worrying about these things. So why can we stop worrying about these things according to Jesus? The answer is very simple. God is our heavenly father and we can trust him. Sounds so simple. But that's what Jesus, the reason he gives us. We can stop worrying about all of these things because God is our heavenly father and we can trust him. And to get his point across, Jesus gives a couple of illustrations. Um, You know what ornithology is, don't you? It's whenever you look at the birds and you study the birds. Well, there's something called ornotheology. And it's whenever you can look at the birds and learn something about God. And here, this is what Jesus gives us. He gives us a bit of ornotheology. Look at what he says. Okay, he says, you're going to worry about where you're going to get your food from. You're worrying about your needs. You're worrying how you're going to get food. Okay, Jesus says, verse 26, look at the birds of the air. Jesus says, look at those birds. You see those birds out there in your garden? You see those birds that are eating the worms? You see those birds that are eating out there? I want you to take a good look at those birds. And then what does he say? He says, they don't sow, they don't reap or store away in barns, so they don't do any of the things that we do, that we panic doing. How am I going to have enough? I need to save, I need need to get this together. They don't do any of that stuff. And yet what does Jesus say? He says, your heavenly Father feeds them. Look at the birds, Jesus says to his followers. Your heavenly Father feeds them. And then he makes his argument. Look at the end of verse 26. He says to them, are you not much more valuable than they? Are you not much more valuable than the birds? You sitting here in Ravenhill Presbyterian Church this morning, are you not much more valuable than the wee birds you see in your garden? Of course you are. You are the pinnacle of God's creation. He has made you in his image. You're much more valuable than the birds. You're more valuable than them. And so if he feeds the birds, he's going to feed you. He's going to give you what you need. He's going to provide for you. And then he brings another need in. He talks about clothes. Have a look at verse 28. You see it there. Have a look at verse 28. Jesus says, and why do you worry about your clothes? And he says, look at the lilies. See how the lilies of the field grow? They don't labor or spin. Yet I tell you, not even Solomon in all his splendor was dressed like one of these. If that's how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today, and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you of you of little faith? So don't worry, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? The pagans run after all these things. And this is the key verse, the end of verse 32. Your heavenly Father knows that you need them. Your Father knows you need them. Folks, as you sit here this morning and you worry about your needs, you don't need to because you have a Father in heaven who will provide what you need. You're more precious than the birds to Him. And He will provide for you what you need. That is the point that Jesus is getting across. You don't need to be worried about your life. You don't need to be worried about your needs. You don't need to be worried about your body. You don't need to be worried about tomorrow because God, the God of the universe, the one who is all-powerful is your heavenly father.
Father, your Heavenly Father. This morning as we sit here, some of you maybe don't have God as your Heavenly Father. Maybe you've not trusted in Jesus to reconcile you to God. Maybe you're outside of the family of God this morning. Well, you're invited in. You're invited in. Jesus has died so that you can come into that and come under the care of your Heavenly Father. But those of you who are Christians, those of you who are followers of Jesus, those of you who are in the family, you don't need to worry because God is your Father in heaven and you can trust Him. You can trust Him for everything. He's got plans and purposes for you. Worried about the direction of your life, you can trust that He has a plan, that He's working out that plan. Worried about dying in an untimely manner, your Father has each of your days mapped out. He holds your days in the palm of His hand. You will not die one minute before the Father decides that it's the time for your life to end. You're safe in His hands. You're in His hands. He'll give you what you need. Think of a young child. Think of a three-year-old. Think of my Joshua. Think of a three-year-old child. And think of a three-year-old child with, with a good mother and father. Think of a, a, a three-year-old child with a good mom or a good dad or, or good parents. Let me ask you a question. Does a three-year-old child worry about anything? Do they worry about anything? They don't, sure they don't. They skip through life and they have not a worry in the world. And why is that? It's because they trust their parents. They don't worry if they're going to get breakfast tomorrow morning. Why do they not worry? Because they know that their parents are going to put it on the table for them. They trust their mom and dad to, to feed them in the morning. They don't worry about what's going to happen in the day ahead. They don't worry about that because they know that mom and dad have got the day ahead planned. They don't even worry about what's happening the rest of the week or the month or the year because they're confident that mom and dad have a plan and know what they're doing. A little child has no worries. Why? Because they, they trust in the goodness of their parents. They trust their parents are in control. They trust their parents will meet their needs. And this morning, if you're a child of God, you don't need to worry about these things because God is your Father in heaven. And let me just say to you this morning, this is much easier said than done. Much easier said than done. Much easier said than done. And that's why over and over again in the Bible, we're told this message because we're always going to struggle with worry. But we do need to hear it over and over again. Trust the Father. Trust Him. Jesus then goes on to give us a reason why we should stop worrying. So we can stop worrying because we have a Father in heaven who cares for us and we can trust. But we, can all, we should also stop worrying for a very good reason. And that is because worrying accomplishes nothing. I couldn't find who said it, but one person said, worry is like a rocking chair. It gives you something to do, but it doesn't get you anywhere. And we've seen that, haven't we? I mean, I don't think that any of us look back on our life uh, and we look at hard times we've gone through and we think to ourselves, do you know what, I should have just worried more. None of us do that, do we? 
We don't look back on the past and go, do you know what? Money was so tight, but worry really pulled me through. We don't look back on the past and think, do you know what? That diagnosis I got was absolutely frightening. But whenever I worried about it lots and got all my friends to worry about it too, we really got somewhere. Worry accomplishes nothing. And we know this, don't we? We, we know this. Worry accomplishes nothing. And this morning, Jesus just wants to remind us of it. Have a look at verse 27. You're going to see that there. Thinking about your life and actually thinking about your body. Look at verse 27. Look at what he says there. He says, who of you by worrying can add a single R to his life? And then if you have a look beside life, there's a little letter B. And if you have a look at down at the bottom of the page, you'll see that this verse is also translated, who of you by worrying can add a single cubit to his height? And what Jesus, I think he's doing both there. I think he's already saying there's, look, you're worried about your life. You're, you're worried about it not lasting long enough. Well, listen, worrying is going to not add a single R to it. Worrying is pointless. By worrying, you can't add a single R to your life. And you're worried about your body. You're worried about the changes that are happening in it. Well, let me tell you, worrying cannot add a single cubit to your height. It can't make you taller. It can't get rid of your wrinkles. It can't heal your diseases. Worry, Jesus says, is absolutely pointless. Worry, Jesus says, accomplishes absolutely nothing. But yet we still do it. But this morning, our Lord Jesus invites us to have a life of less worry. Don't worry about your life. Don't worry about your needs. Don't worry about your bodies. Don't worry about your futures. You have a Father in heaven who cares for you and you can trust for him. And don't worry because it's pointless. It accomplishes nothing. But here's a question. How, how do we stop worrying? I mean, this is all great in theory, but, but how do we put this into practice? First of all, let me just say there may be some of you here this morning and, and what you experience is beyond worry. Maybe there's some of you here this morning and what you experience is beyond worry. Maybe this morning you suffer, suffer from general anxiety disorder. Maybe this morning you, you suffer from panic attacks. Maybe you have severe phobias. Maybe you've got acute distress disorder. Maybe you've got PTSD. Maybe this morning you're here and it's not just worry, but, but this is a huge deal. You, you carry worry about with you all the time. You, you've had it for more than six months. It's affecting every area of your life. It's not just worry, it's, it's more than that. Well, this morning I want to encourage you, if that's you, go and see your doctor. Go and see your doctor this morning, if that's you. God has given us lots of gifts. Everything that we have that is good, he's given us as a gift. And do you know what he's given us in this country? He's given us the gift of a fantastic NHS. He's given us the gift of medical help. And I want to encourage you this morning that if it is beyond worry, if it is real anxiety or PTSD or one of these things, or you're really, really struggling with it, I want to encourage you to go and see your doctor and talk to them. Let them know about it. Because yes, God is our healer, but so often he uses those in the medical profession to heal us. So just to say that, go and see your doctor. But if it's just worry, if it's not quite at that stage, but you do know worry, how, how, do we, how do we put our trust in God every day? The first thing we do is we take one day at a time. There was a new clock. It had been put up on the wall. And like any self-respecting clock, this clock ticked at two ticks per second. 
It's a very self-respecting clock. But this clock began to think. And it began to think to itself, do you know what? Two times a second? That means I'm going to have to tick 120 times every single minute. That's over 7,000 ticks an hour, the clock started to think. 7,000 ticks an hour, that's over 170,000 ticks per day. The panic started to set in. 170,000 ticks a day, that's over a million ticks a year. In fact, that's over a million ticks a week, it's, it's 62 million ticks a year. And he started to panic, the little clock started to panic, started to worry about the future, these 62 million ticks a year. And what happened was he just broke, had a nervous breakdown. He went to the psychiatrist and he said, clock, what's your trouble? Oh, doctor, he says, I'm going to have to tick 120 times a minute. Do you realize that that's 7,200 times per hour? And at that point, the psychiatrist cut him off. Hold it, he said. Hold it. I have a question for you. How many ticks do you have to do at a time? One, said the clock. Yes, said the doctor. One tick at a time. You go home and you just tick one tick at a time. And do you know what I want you to do? I don't want you to even think about the next tick until the tick you've just made is finished. Can you do that, clock? Yes, I can. If we're going to get a life of less worry, we need to take one day at a time. And we see that in verse 34. Don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. We take one day at a time and we trust God for that one day at a time. We trust him to help us for that one day at a time. We trust him to give us what we need one day at a time. And whenever our mind goes for tomorrow, what we do is we trust that God will help us tomorrow, but we just focus on the day we're living in. We live one day at a time. Another thing we need to do is we need to cast our cares on God. We need to cast our burdens on him. You saw it with the kids earlier, that idea of the bricks and giving the bricks over to me. That's what we're to do with our worries and our concerns. That's what First Peter tells us. He says, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. Cast all of your worries on God because he cares for you. That word cast, it's only used in one other part of the Bible. It's used in Luke chapter 19. And what happens in Luke 19 is they get the donkey that Jesus is about to ride into Jerusalem on a Palm Sunday. And what do the disciples do? They get their coats and they cast the coats on the donkey. Do you see what they're doing? They're taking the coats off of themselves and they're throwing them onto the donkey and the donkey is carrying the coats for them. And that's what we're invited to do. To take all of our worries, all of our fears, all of our anxieties, and to turn to God and to say to God, here is what I'm worried about, Lord. Here are the things that are disturbing me. Here are the things that I cannot deal with or cope with. Over to you, God. I need you to take these. I need you to deal with them. And I'm just going to trust in you. Let's cast our cares on God because he cares for us.
And the third thing we're to do is to actively trust what God has said in his word. And that word actively, that is key. I think if I was to ask you all this morning individually, do you trust what God says in the Bible? All of you would say, yes, I absolutely do. Or most of you would anyway. But what we not must do is not just kind of trust it academically in our minds, but actively trust it in our lives. Live our life differently in light of what God has said. So whenever you worry about your life coming to an end too soon, what do you do? You actively trust Psalm 139 verse 16. All the days ordained for me are written in your book before one came to be. We trust that. I'm worried about my death, Lord. Okay, I'm going to trust. I'm going to trust that each of my days is in your book. Worried about what people might think of you. You recall, as for if God is for us, who can be against us? God, you're for me and that's enough just now. I don't need to worry about what other people think. When you worry about being too weak, turn to 2 Corinthians 12, 9, my grace is sufficient you. My power is perfected in weakness. I'm weak, Lord, but you're strong and you'll help me. Do you see it? Not just knowing it in our minds, but actively trusting his word in our life. When you worry, cast your cares on him. Actively trust his word. Will all your worries disappear? No. (laughs) This is not a quick fix solution to things. You'll still worry and struggle. But the Lord will carry your burdens. As I said, there's a little book available. I encourage you to get it. Much more detail in here. Lots of questions I know will have come into your minds as you've listened to this sermon because only a certain amount can be said in this time. Pick up the book. If you've got other questions, please feel free to speak to me. Let me finish with a story. George Muller, I don't know if you've heard of him, but he was a man who God used greatly in the 1800s, and God used him to care for orphans. Do you know how many orphans he cared for? Over 10,000 orphans. And George Muller, he didn't have a big, wealthy list of supporters. In fact, George Muller had decided that he was never going to ask another human being for money. He was simply going to ask God to provide what they needed. Was George Muller's life a life full of worry? Absolutely yes. Every single day with these orphanages, he had lots and lots of things to worry about. But yet anyone who knew him said that he was a man who lived with a great sense of peace. When asked one day about this, how do you have so much peace in the middle of this hectic day? Here's what George Muller said. I ruled 60 things unto the Lord this morning. I ruled 60 things unto the Lord. I went through my list of everything that I'm worried about and I just rolled it over to God. I relinquished my trust. I gave it to him. I trusted him for it. And in one of his books, Miller writes this and this is what I want you to leave in your mind as you leave. He says this, the children of God are permitted, not only permitted, but invited, not only invited, but commanded to bring all their cares, all their sorrows, all their trials, all their wants to their heavenly Father. They are to roll all their burdens onto God. What's worrying you this morning? What keeps you awake at night? What thoughts are constantly troubling you? This morning you're permitted, more than permitted, you're invited, more than invited, you're commanded to bring all of these things and to roll them on to God.
because he cares for you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we rejoice that you're a God who is able to carry our burdens. We rejoice that you're a God who is strong enough to take our worries and deal with them. We rejoice that you're a God we can trust for everything in our life. And Lord, this morning we confess that so often we don't. So often we carry things ourselves. So often we think that we're the solution to the problems. So Lord, help us to turn to you. Help us to trust in you. Help us to give our burdens and our fears and our worries and our anxieties to you. And may we know the peace that passes all understanding that comes from you. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.